from the creators of Relevant Magazine. This is the Relevant Podcast. July 21st, 2017, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating a site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse. And if you sign up for a year, you can actually get a free custom domain included. I think they limit themselves in that list that you just read. Because uh, you could do a lot more than just those five site types of yeah, sites. A tribute site to your favorite podcasters. That's true. <laughs> you a, could. Or your favorite podcaster. <laughs> right. A center place for militant organization. A podcast fan wiki or something. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> online. Possibly. You could create right. an alternate like uh, online community right. of, uh, say, podcast fans. Yeah. A place to uh, upload like files uh, files of movies that you've ripped and you want other people to download. <laughs> I don't think that. I think they actually block that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. Right now you can start a free trial at squarespace.com and uh, enter offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. Uh, you'll like it. If you've got to do something online, I highly suggest doing it on a Squarespace website. I'm actually working on one right now. We are launching a new thing. We're working on a big thing with Relevant. We have a development and design staff, and I am doing a Squarespace site for this major rollout that we're doing because it's awesome. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. 10% off first purchase. Use offer code Relevant at Squarespace.com. Squarespace sets your website apart. Like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffin. Yes, it's nice to see you. Cameron. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, back once again, Tyler Huckabee. What's up? Cool. Oh my goodness, that is not <laughs> topical. <laughs> We're, I'm working on it. No, have Give you seen those? For, you know what? Give I literally, I was watching, I don't know why. I don't know why, why, why this has been happening, but I've been having to do a lot of, I've been working on some projects on my laptop a lot yeah. over the last couple of weeks. And yeah. so I just want kind of mindless stuff on the TV. And for some reason, I have burned through eight seasons of The Office. Great. Okay. Oh, wow. I mm. got tired of the American office because after the baby appears, Jim and Pam's baby, it just nose dives. Okay. Over, yeah. And you got to like yeah. swim the gully until you finally get to the finale. And yeah. so I just like, I didn't have the stamina. Mm-hmm. So I switched over to the original office. Literally the first scene of the first episode is David, whatever his name Brent. is, Brent. Coming, out, Brent. coming out going, what's up? Yeah. And yeah. then they're pulling off the old Budweiser frogs or something. Yeah. But right? it's yeah. like which, which several was years dated at the time. Right. And that office came out 15 years ago yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. think david brent was a little bit he he came too soon it's true but i think we've let it marinate just long enough now <laughs> time to open the freezer pull it out and it's gonna be big you guys yeah, are starting right here it was pretty cool when you did it <laughs> i think I'm it's like guys, i'm letting you guys be a part of something it's right like now. early 90s stuff it's Neat. not dated anymore it's retro cool. Yeah. I, right. think, yeah. I think I've that's seen, where we're at. Yeah, I've seen the Jesus Freak Cruise videos <laughs> posted oh, no. everywhere. It's cool. Oh, no. It's cool. I thought it was not going to be a good idea. Seemed pretty fun. Did it really? Oh, it seemed exactly like the old uh, DC Talk stuff. They did the same exact 
everything. Like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toby. Did, did, did the drummer come out on the rotating spinning platform? Wrong band. Oh, but really okay. close. Oh. But yes, it was all the same smoke coming up. It was the same videos in the back that they play of like uh, during during the songs. They'll play like just like black and white videos of sort of like anarchy looking sort of countercultural stuff. All the videos are still there. Really? Yeah, it's all exactly the same. Wow. I, you know, the, the, <laughs> the newsboys, you know, really broke some ground around 1990 with mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the, the drum riser that would yeah. elevate and that then go my mind. over the crowd while rotating. That blew my mind. And he did like an eight minute drum solo. I right. mean, it was just groundbreaking. It was like circus delay meets Christian rock. I think right. they're still <laughs> using it. I think they invested in it and it was such a big investment. I think they're still using it. You know, well, they well, did. Here's kids. I heard it's it's got a lot of wear and tear on those hydraulics, and he got stuck upside down for a full concert. <laughs> he doesn't even <laughs> he doesn't even glue down the cymbals and the sticks anymore. He's he spinning. passed out. There's I just, mean, the blood was going to his head for like just six songs. Drums falling off. They into finished. Kids heads. The, they finished. They finished the concert with him just harnessed in, dangling over the crowd with no drums. I think I think that the uh, that famous album, A Rush of Blood to the Head, was yeah. about yeah. the Newsboys yeah. drummer it was. doing the spinning. Uh, he, got, he, he got minor brain damage. It was as serious. Yeah, it was also about the guy on the third row who had a tom tom fall on his head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they lost a tremendous lawsuit. I mean, the their only reason they're still out on the road is that they have yeah. to pay People, that guy. I mean, it, this is it got him good. The num- this is real talk. Have to start a Kickstarter to yeah. get them a new drum kit. Yeah. In 2017, the time is right. It's been probably 30 years. People up north during the winter, I hear, have to be aware of falling icicles. Yeah. Youth group kids in the late 90s, all the way to today, have to be aware of falling drumsticks yeah. that come <laughs> at Newsboys yeah. concerts. Yeah. 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 There's that one kid that lost an eye when a cowbell hit him right. uh, <laughs> directly into the eye. I mean, he's got a patch now because it, it's a Newsboys patch. It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool Newsboys patch. <laughs> it malfunctioned. I mean, they signed the eye patch for him. It yeah. was a nice. Terrific thing. The eye popped right out. From the yeah. But you know what's weird? It sounded kind of cool. Yeah, like, the thing malfunctioned every 10 shows and yeah. just turned into like a Gravitron up there. And there's just, it was really, it was, it was quite a spectacle. I, I, I'm waiting for the Newsboys cruise yeah, right. is what, you know. That's it, the Cruise Boys. What, the, the Cruise Boys. <laughs> That's oh, Tyler, That's Tyler I know how clever you are in real life. I feel like you wrote that. <laughs> he, wrote it, he jotted it down a couple minutes ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Royal Caribbean, they have a new thing where they like almost like um, you can get in this pod that's kind of like the London Eye pod, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. And uh, it has a big arm and extends out the back of the ship. Yeah. yeah the, the On the cruise boys cruise. Yeah. Uh, that's the drum kit. <laughs> and you can actually kind of ride a simulator oh, yeah. as though you are a newsboys drummer. I hear it's going to be all the rage. It's actually wild because the drummer stays in place and the whole boat turns. Oh. And it really blows people's mind. They have a hard time. It's it's actually, uh, there's a lot of nausea. Yeah, there's a lot of nausea. Our generation's fire fest. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we have a great show coming up for you. Uh, Coming up later, the Newsboys joins us. I'm not kidding. Um, uh, Tony Hale, uh, who is, uh, he, on Friday last week, the Emmys were announced and he was just nominated for his third Emmy. Yes. Um, It's very exciting. He he plays, you know, a a key character in Veep, which just wrapped up. love him. And uh, was obviously Buster on Arrested development yes you know apparently we're getting your sloppy seconds there eddie because you had mr hale i was on really the new activist podcast yeah. it was fascinating 
Uh, we I was all, happy to introduce you guys to him. We all had the, uh, <laughs> we all heard the conversation, New Activist Podcast. If you haven't downloaded it, go check it out. So what we'll do is make sure to listen to that before this one, and then we'll compare your interviewing technique versus Tyler's. Because uh, Tyler oh, talks no, to Tony. That's irrelevant. Anytime, <laughs> anyplace, Eddie. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was going to go really sweet and just go like, ah, oh, don't compare me to Tyler, but go ahead. Listen to them both. <laughs> yeah, go on. Bring it, yeah, bring it on. What have you got, tough guy? Don't say anything about it online because it actually will hurt my feelings. <laughs> We're just having real talk right now. I don't like this joke. I don't like this joke. <laughs> yeah, but Tony Hale, we love him so much. And also coming up after that, uh, we have a game this week. Prime time. The reviews are in. Um, if you remember last week, we're super on our game here. Last week was Amazon Prime Day. <laughs> yeah. And the internet just went gaga for it as it they do every year. Wild. And I didn't get anything, but I did browse. Um, and as you're browsing, you might notice that some of your buying decisions are made or affected by the user reviews Mm -hmm. on that product. Mm -hmm. Well, some people have taken this to task, as we know, over the course of the podcast life, a few times on the show, we brought up some just hilariously wonderful, bizarre, uh, user reviews like the banana slicer, uh, how to avoid huge ships. ships. Yeah. Um, and, and things like that. We've brought those to your attention. Well, the game this week has something to do with that. So just, yeah, just stay tuned. It's okay. called Prime Time. The reviews are in. But before we get too Ooh. deep in the show, too, can I address something that yeah. I've been seeing a lot of people talking about on Twitter from last week that really perplexed me? Is am I saying umbrella weird? Like yeah. <laughs> so I did a slice last week for just for people who haven't listened about an umbrella rental company that basically lost all of their inventory. Okay, I, I hear it now. Umbrella. So so what people have been pointing now. out, yeah. I mean, and this is people but what, okay, how do you pronounce it? I'm well, here's pronouncing it phonetically. I, I, I think I yeah. think the the accent mark is on the Brell syllable. I think it's umbrella. Okay, you say you sell it. Umbrella. Uh, there is yeah. you have a very nice umbrella. Yeah, and it's a, a little bit more on the L. Oh, um, Jesse's doing Jesse's doing a hard I, um, hard cap um. umbrella. Yeah, he's yeah. he's oh, hitting yeah. the um, um really umbrella. hard. Yeah, yeah it's, so it's not technically pronouncing it's wrong. It just makes you sound very very dumb. <laughs> well, if you were to read our Twitter feed this week, you would think that. I mean, I saw at least twenty separate people, unrelated, comment on Jesse's. That's what I'm saying. How, it's not like it's not like I'm I'm making up a word or saying it's 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 a slight. It's a different it's a different way different way of enunciating, which I'm not even convinced is the wrong way. Yeah, I I will tell you this: of all the content that we have put out over the years, for people to like unrelated people to pick up on your slight, uh, you know, slightly different uh, pronunciation or an enunciation of umbrella. Um, I thought it was really funny of all the things that people would latch onto. That one caught me off guard. It is kind of interesting because we do a lot of talking on this. We get very little feedback on it unless we just say something blatantly like, well, there was an era of the podcast where I, I butchered pronunciations very badly. Usually the feedback names, you know, right, but that's when Chad was a producer and he didn't, yeah. he just didn't help. Like he now people have. haven't been picking apart our <laughs> enunciation of things or pronunciation of things. They, right. they've been more picking apart the, the core content and our character. Yeah, but that I don't care about because I don't care. <laughs> right, right. But except that I do. So don't say deeply except care. don't say anything because it'll really hurt my feelings. Yeah, you can take issue with my theology or my controversial view about you know monkeys or robots or politics. I don't care. I <laughs> don't care. Or just my overall Umbrella. character and you know what kind of human being I am. That's fair game. 
lay off with the umbrella thing. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. Okay, yeah. it's I'm sp- I'm pronouncing it just as phonetically as anyone else. You're th- maybe in your region of the world for some reason it's on. Ella, you know, yeah. uh, sorry, Rihanna. It's it's fine saying it the other way. So you think that the Rihanna song should have been umbrella, um, 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 um. Like, <laughs> I right? mean, to be honest, I think it's way more catchy, and I think it would have been yeah. ten times really bigger. Yeah. It sounds totally the same to you. Okay, I got I got a question. Are are, are Twitter uh, uh, listeners from Barbados? Are all of those because Rihanna is? Maybe that's how they say it here. But I live in the U.S. of A. and I've always heard it umbrella. Okay, that that logic is almost perfect. That was so really you're saying it's a potato potato thing. This is just a, an accent thing. You're exactly. saying it the American way. I'm and saying, that it, I'm saying it the been... correct American way. All right. And I have, like I said, if you're from Barbados or any other place where they God evidently pronounce it differently and use it as the chorus of a pop song, yeah. that's fine. Good look, on you. Look, Tyler, this is Eddie. Uh, you're like the most... I don't know why I introduced myself. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> anyway, don't edit it out. That was a weird thing, and I deserve to have it on the air. So anyhow, Tyler, this is Eddie from the Relevant Podcast. Um, so my question is, you are the most like wise, astute person right now in this room. Does Jesse say it weird, or is sure. it is it, you know, okay? Well, look, Jesse, as a guy who has no distinctive vocal picks whatsoever, <laughs> yeah. Ever? And is very famous for not having any of them. I feel not super well equipped to speak into this controversy right now. When you say umbrella, you sound stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say stupid. I just want to say com- ignorant and very uneducated. That's all. That's very, all. Very, it, it, it sounds dumb. like you're illiterate. It sounds like you. someone told you the word, you butchered it. So that's all. All right, moving the show along, it is time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. Yes. It's time for... In case you missed it. Hey. In case you missed it, Eddie. Uh, or as Jesse says, in case you missed it. <laughs> it's not in incorrect. Case, it's not incorrect. In case it's you missed valid. it. Or Tyler. Or in case you missed it. Tyler, in case you missed it. In case you missed it. <laughs> Question mark at the end. Thanks. Who is this again? I'm not adding punctuation. I'm simply choosing a, another syllable to emphasize. Hey, in case you missed it, Eddie, uh, Mute Math this week released a new single in the lead up to their upcoming album, Play Dead. Um, It's called Stroll On, and it definitely sounds like a Mute Math tune. Uh, The song showcases the continued evolution of the band that combines atmospheric, electronic music, indie rock, and funk experimentation. That, to me, sounds like the... The like uh, cheesecake factory of music. You're like, you got to at some point pick something you're good at and just roll with it. Not mute. if you're mute math. Yeah, mute math, mute math is mute can math. blend yeah. it together. Yeah, okay. Jazz and soul and funk and gospel and computers. Hey, he's, they're from New Orleans and stuff, or yeah. Paul is. I mean, yeah. it's all in there. And Cheesecake Factory is really great, even though they serve everything. So, I mean, it's exactly. like. Exactly. No one dislikes yeah, Cheesecake Yeah, it was actually factory. a terrible point. Don't, don't knock on Cheesecake Factory here. Okay. That's what you got mad at? Okay. Hey, <laughs> 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 Don't you dare disparage the fine name of the Cheesecake Factory. Say something about the band, but no. You can talk crap about Mute Math all day, but if you insult Cheesecake Factory one more time, so help me. Whatever your name is, I've already misplaced. They have done the done us a favor, music fans, by telling us that their album Play Dead will drop on September eighth. This is a very rare thing. We just know now. Yeah, we just know it's coming. I'll believe it when it happens. 
Arcade Fire announced that their <laughs> album's coming out like July 26 or something like that. So it's like, you know, but that was like a month out. Uh, Mute Math has given us a solid two months of preparation. That's right. I really appreciate it. It's great of them. Hey, here's a clip. The main way artists make money now is touring, but really licensing. Mm-hmm. And so a yeah. lot of artists are writing songs kind of like with placement in mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Dr. Scholl's foot inserts, uh, shoe inserts, stroll on. Uh, I can see the commercial now. <laughs> it was a freebie. It was a freebie. I'm just telling you. $600 for that. It's like a guy and he like bends over like, ah, and he like sits on a bench and starts rubbing his foot. Yeah. And then like the Mute Math song comes on and he's now walking with Dr. Scholl's with like a lovely lady and life is just better. <laughs> life you know? is better. I like that song. Yeah, it's awesome. it was good. It's definitely a Mute Math song. Did you hear the funk and the indie rock and the electronic I influences? Did. I did. You can order a cheesecake. You can order some Italian. You can order chicken and dumplings. Whatever you want. It's you all there. You can get chicken and dumplings. And it's so all lovely. Hey, in case you missed it, for the first time in more than 50 years, a woman will have the lead role in Doctor Who. Hey, can I ask you a question about Doctor Who? Please do. Like, what is it? I don't know. I don't yeah. know either. Well, hey, this week it was announced that no. British actress Jodie Whittaker will be the 13th Doctor in the iconic BBC sci-fi series. She explained to the BBC why she believes this is a major pop culture moment. Uh, she said it, completes, it feels completely overwhelming as a feminist, as a woman, as an actor, as a human, as someone who wants to continually push themselves and challenge themselves and not be boxed in by what you're told you can and can't be. This is a really exciting time. And Doctor Who represents everything that's exciting about change. Eddie, to, to answer your question, it's a, like a it's a British sci-fi show that's been on the year uh, been on the air since 1963. It's like an institution at is this it, point. Is it? Um, it's like time travel or something. I know people yeah. are like they have those like blue phone booths and they talk about it. A TARDIS. I, I know that in Lego Dimensions, there's a Doctor Who who set a character. Yeah, but okay. I, we didn't buy that one because so I don't know what it's about. It's, it's sort of like a campy, somewhat self-aware like, but it's a big cult thing. Hey. It, it, like I said, the main thing is like a pop culture oh, institution. Cult. What he said was a, a cult. cult. It's an occult. <laughs> OCC. It's yeah. a religion. It's a religion. <laughs> it's a religion. <laughs> I mean, people, I mean, at this point, you know, why this is so cool for her, she will now be worshipped as a deity in real life. So, I mean, it's, a big, <laughs> it's a big deal. This, this is how Brits attain eternal life. So this is yeah. not. This is knighthood. This is not disparaging, but this is like. This is sort of like being on Star Trek or something, right? Like she will be forever. I think it's bigger than Star Trek. It's bigger. There's been 13 people in the lead role, and like I said, it's I think been it's on like James since Bond. Like it'd be like a female 007. Exactly. That's a perfect analogy. Seems like time for that too. Let's do it. Why wouldn't yeah. there be? Here's, there should be a female 007. About, here's what I know about Doctor Who. It wouldn't be that hard. I know that uh, yesterday we we covered this on the on the website on relevantmagazine.com, yeah. and I wanted to believe the best of our of our readers and commenters. <laughs> Never do that. We had some, pe- Never we had some people who were very upset in our comment section about some woman getting all uppity as Doctor Who, as their magical space wizard doctor. You know what? <laughs> we need, these people need to be oh, flushed geez. out and we need to make a female the role of every iconic male series. Yeah. Just, just, you know what? You and your closed mindedness have no place in modern society. 
Right. I, let's just do it's it. Amazing. Let's just make yeah. them so mad that they implode on themselves. Well, well did you see <laughs> yeah. what when Twitter started? Because there's a lot of people like a lot of a lot of haters on Twitter. You saw what Merriam-Webster tweeted in response. Merriam-Webster <laughs> oh, yeah. is the most passive aggressive yeah. in an awesome <laughs> way. It's a Twitter good subtweet. Account. It's like some serious subtweet shade that yeah. Merriam-Webster threw to those people in our comment section. It just said uh, they tweeted the grammatical fact that the word doctor has no gender in English. There you Bam. go. Boom. Deal with there it. And they also said, by the way, it's fine whatever syllable you emphasize in umbrella. <laughs> also, I mean, it's, it's, weird, it's weird that Mary Webster is following us so closely. Yeah, the little so apostrophe is it. over the U. Uh, um, I believe. No, it's uh, umbrella. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be just a hard uh. Uh, umbrella. Soft. Mm. I'm Jesse Garrett. Uh, umbrella. <laughs> That's almost exactly how you sound. Butchering the Queen's English. I'm Jesse Garrett. <laughs> hey, in case you missed it, this is big news. This is big news. You know, Pure Flix. They make they make Christian movies. Pure oh, Flix. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Netflix. It's Pure Flix. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's pure. Uh, they announced this week that they are making a Christian soap opera. Uh, so, oh, what? Yeah, it's gonna be called Hilton Head Island. Uh. Not. <laughs> It's kind of like Bachelor in Paradise, I guess. I don't know. Oh, Hilton no. Head Island. Um, don't expect too much of the sex and violence to typically define the daytime drama genre. Yeah, but um, did they actually have to I say know. that? Like, no kidding. Yeah, oh. Pure Flix is uh, digital CEO Greg Gudorf. Or it's Gudorf. I don't know wait, where the emphasis is. He's on that. a real CEO in charge of digital content. He's not a computer. That's correct. Okay. He explained on Facebook, you still have to tell great stories. You have to realize that all of our stories have drama in them. Traditionally, soap operas have overemphasized certain parts to play uh, to an audience. When I immediately, when I heard about, when I heard the hard hitting news yeah. that Pure Flix mm-hmm. is doing a soap opera, Christian soap opera, I immediately thought Kurt Cameron's behind this. Oh no. He is not. He's oh, not involved in any way. That's shocking. Um, that, that is shocking. The, they don't have actor uh, Donna Mills from General Hospital. Michael Swan uh, is from something called Dino Croc versus Super Gator. Great. Well, um, they got him. I'm glad they and, finally got him. Uh, Antonio's, uh, wow. Antonio Sobato Jr. He spoke at last year's Republican National Convention. He sure did. Uh, they've all signed on to star. Yeah. Yeah. But before we move on, you know, I feel, look, I'm sure whatever the premise of Hilton Head Island is great, despite being void of anything exciting. But after we heard this news, Tyler and I really saw a missed opportunity for Pure Flix and decided to throw a couple of our own ideas into the ring in the form of a listicle. I would like to read just a couple of these premises, not the whole thing. Do we have some proper music? I need soap yeah, music. We need something dramatic. Yeah, done. Pitch. Days of our life way. <laughs> <laughs> a life way. A life way manager finds his new, beautiful, and single employee secretly reading banned Rachel Held Evans books. <laughs> what will he do when forced to decide between his convictions and his heart? Clever. A tale of forbidden romance and forbidden theology. <laughs> Like Introducing it. this summer on Pure Flix, Colorado Springs Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't, fo- <laughs> don't focus on this family of church-going oil tycoons too hard. You might not just like what you find. Okay. Okay. Uh, I like it. This, this one. This one is. A, this is probably our edgiest out of the group because it's going to involve a little violence. It's called Malibu Rapture. (laughs) 
Following the rapture, a group of converted, curiously attractive 30-somethings must avoid getting their hands and foreheads imprinted with the mark of the beast and also avoid getting their hearts broken by each other while attempting to survive the tribulation in a post-apocalyptic Malibu. One more. (laughs) You're losing the crowd. You're losing the crowd. This one is called The Waiting Game. Purity pledges are put to the test when a singles ministry outing crash lands on an abandoned Wait. tropical island. 20 eligible singles, one exotic beach, no ordained wedding officiant in sight. <laughs> and strong. Well yeah, done. Well, there you go. Yeah, so, so you're welcome, Pure Flex. That will be $2 million each. I'll yeah. tell you, we, we, we threw a Dr. Scholl's out there. We threw a Pure Flex out there. We're just, we're just, dropping the the million dollar ideas left and right on this episode yeah. hey uh hey in case you missed it eddie uh disney's new star wars hotel yeah will give every guest their own storyline nerds nerdvana is gonna yeah. happen at disney it was announced this past week um so disney recently unveiled their new theme attraction star wars galaxy's edge and the park is taking a unique approach to the amusement park experience along with an interactive planet to explore and a bunch of star wars themed rides there will also be a hotel where guests become characters in the Star Wars universe. According to TechCrunch, upon check-in, every hotel guest will get a storyline that will touch every single minute of your day. Every staff member will also evidently be in character. It's literally both the nerdiest and the most non-relaxing vacation experience ever. There will be no <laughs> windows in the hotel. Every hotel room will, their window, quote-unquote, will look out into space. Yeah. Um, And throughout the thing, like not only in the hotel, but in the new Star Wars land, uh, Galaxy's Edge, uh, uh, a lot of the rides, like you are different roles on like the ship and stuff. And so like um, I have to shoot this guy or I have to fly this thing or whatever. And how you do will track with you. And like as you go around the land and go back to your hotel, staff and stuff will know how you perform. So it's like there may be a bounty out for you because you shot a stormtrooper. And so then stormtroopers are coming and they come after you as you're just walking through the park. Yeah. And then like you're at the star Wars bar and the guy may go, I, you know, I bet on you and here's a couple extra Imperial dollars and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm going to just just say, say, no, hold on, Jesse, because you're going to talk for an hour. Let me just say one point (laughs) and then you can go ahead and monopolize. This has its roots in my least favorite thing, which is those murder mystery dinners where everybody shows up. And you open the front door, and it's like, oh, hello, welcome. So basically, Clue come to life. That's what you hate. I just, why does this have to be a to-do? I did that once. I went to one of those once. Yeah. And I was always on edge that I was going to get called out of the crowd. You know what I mean? I don't want to go to, like, uh, the Monsters, Inc. show where they, like, all of a sudden, in the middle of it, they'll go and shine a spotlight on somebody in the crowd and put them up on the screen. Yeah. I hate that junk. Yeah, I don't know how to act. I don't know how to be. like. I'm here to watch. I'm paying you. Yeah, when you show up at the front door, you're a wealthy oil baron. And what am I supposed to do? Like, oh, hello. I pronounce it umbrella. Yeah, I don't want to be walking through the lobby on my way to pick up, you know, an evening cordial, and all of a sudden yeah. I got to do a lightsaber duel with some nerd. Like, yeah. get no, over but, it. but he, Where's okay, here's the main difference, right, Eddie. Okay, for, for, for a dinner theater, you know the stakes, and you know, ultimately, this is like a two hour gig. Like, right. after two hours, I'm on my way. I'm right. just going to chill out and do whatever. But while I'm there, either I, either when I go to, if I were to go to one of those dinner theaters, it would go down two ways. One of which, within the first 10 minutes, I would confess to the murder and ruin everyone's night. <laughs> or two, 
I myself would stage my own death and become the subject of an unscripted murder. And, you know, just but like if I'm going on vacation, yeah. I like an hour in, I'm be like, I'm over this stupid thing. Like seriously, I, I don't want a storyline. I don't want I don't want fake windows of space. I just want to chill out here, man. Jesse. I'm at Disney World. If I have one more person come up and offer me a bounty for something, I'm gonna freak out on it. And we're gonna have a real bounty out for me. <laughs> just leave me alone and let me enjoy. We're, it. Now we're seeing why Disney converted. Over to those magic band things because yeah. like as you're walking around cast members will be able to know information about you and it'll track how you did in these rides and stuff i, wow. I there literally will be nerds who never leave you i think know, there will be they move in oh yeah and they just kind of like stay there all day every day and just wear costumes and don't yeah I, and in the hotel it, costumes are encouraged it's westworld it, this is star world's star wars westworld without you know <laughs> it's not exactly as right. like an adult but it, right. it's, it's essentially a, like a living video game that's right for those that don't know what the magic band is it's like a it's like a bracelet you wear that like you can do everything it's you can your, get it unlocks your you can charge stuff with it it's your tickets wow. right. it unlocks your room right. at the, the hotel originally their beta test name was mark of the beast right so that's what it <laughs> is well that's <laughs> a, the thing to go stay at this hotel they actually tattoo it on you. Oh, uh, it's yeah. like a little barcode. They because yeah. you don't want to have to wear this watch-looking oh. device anymore. Right. It was a little. Co- it wasn't cost-effective so right. to scale out. So you just do a little barcode. Yeah, and they have the and they're. <laughs> in the- <laughs> Right. Well, I, there's a lot of nerds who actually probably uh, would. Yeah, exactly, and that so. Christian Network is going to do a whole show there about how to escape from it, from the mark, and to take it <laughs> off. Pure of flicks. You. It'll be. It'll be. It'll <laughs> be called. What will What will that show be called, Jesse? Break the mark. Mark of the Mouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mark of the Mouse. Oh, yeah. Student yeah. becomes the teacher. Well done. Mark of the Mouse. Yeah. Chip Gaines will be a part of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ke- oh, Kevin gosh. Swarbo, Chip Gaines. Mark, Mark of, the, of mouse. the Mouse. That was a good one, Tyler. Is it hard, Jesse, to hear that he came up with on the spot one that was really kind of vastly superior to the ones you wrote <laughs> earlier today? I- yeah, you know, I, I'll be honest. That wouldn't have made the cut on the listicle, but I'm glad he did it for the podcast. I mean, you know, if it's like a bonus thing, I get it. It's like a DVD extra for the real content on the site. Sure, why yeah, not? Cool. You know? Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, lastly, in case you missed it, you want to hear Arcade Fire cover Lord's Greenlight? I literally was about to ask. Yeah, that. the band recently stopped hmm. by BBC One's uh, Radio Live Lounge to perform an extended live set and thank Lord for fighting the good fight before covering her new single, Greenlight. It's a lot of fun. What fight has she fought? The good one. Here's the a clip. good one, Eddie. I'm waiting for it, that Greenlight. I want it. I love about Arcade Fire. I, this is the thing that uh, I, I think about this from time to time when I hear certain artists. So yeah. usually, usually it's not the the female member of the band. I forget her name. Forgive me. Uh, who sings? She usually sings like uh, things you know, more. She plays keyboard and stuff. If you see them ever yeah. in concert, yeah. it's a huge ordeal. It's right. a, whatever. She's amazing, an incredible performer, and adds a lot to the group. She's on the spinning drum platform. Usually. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, I, but, but when I hear very unique voices like that as yeah. a non-professional, yeah. I think to myself, 
like I was trying to put myself in her shoes and like you're singing as a kid or as yeah. a whatever adult and then think I should be a professional at this. She has a very unique voice. I wouldn't have thought that if I was her. I wouldn't have thought like I should be a professional singer. No. You know? No, I understand. Yeah, but 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 he, okay, but just in her not not necessarily her defense, but in defense of some rock and roll singers, I one time heard Jack White get asked because he's a big baseball fan. Jack White, how come he never sings the national anthem at any games? Because he frequently goes to games, and he said, "Because I'm not a singer, I'm a vocalist." And in rock and roll, there's a big distinction there. Mm-hmm. Like like Jack White just hand if you just handed him a microphone and said, "Belt out the national anthem," it would probably sound terrible but when he's singing like on the rack and tours or the white stripes or whatever it works because he's not he's a vocalist his his voice is an instrument for his band he's not like an opera singer you know yeah but but what made him think to start singing is what i'm saying like if like if he's not naturally a singer was he a guitarist first and just needed somebody to fill in the melody, so he started doing it? Probably. Yeah, and I think they find yeah. it over time. It's like when you listen to old comedians, they all sound like they started in the same place. Then they kind of like find their voice. I bet Jack White, early Jack White, like playing in his garage with his friends, kind of sounded like somebody they were trying to emulate. Right, sure, sure, And sure, then sure. he kind of finds his voice as he goes along. Right. I, I but but, but I mean, you could say the same for like Neil Young, who sound, or Bob Dylan, oh, who honestly Again, sounds objectively terrible 90% of point, the time, but there, it works. There's all these iconic artists that I'm going, at what point did you, knowing that your voice sounded like that, think people want to hear yeah. this? Because no one growing up told Bob Dylan, hey, you should be a you singer. You should be a singer. <laughs> but like, so when did he first get in front of people and said, I need to sing? I mean, I did that, yeah. that moment moment it was yeah. you know the the moment that i can't wrap my head around yeah. not yeah. not is he iconic now maybe they just wanted to be a singer and just push through it you know what i mean and yeah it, didn't, I, it wasn't because they were talented it was just because they wanted to do it okay and yeah. then it just worked they just had something in them that they had to express and, and he yeah. came up in the folky kind of quirky sound era and you know maybe spoken word Probably. nights and snapping and stuff like that i bet it comes first <laughs> yeah. from playing guitar because you're sitting yeah. there playing guitar and you just want to be able to accompany your guitar that's playing what, that's you're what like, i'm saying like yeah. all right well yeah. i'll do this and well it's the same with like kurt cobain or someone yeah. you know it's like he's not a great singer but he's a great vocalist yeah. you know that's me i'm not a good writer but i'm a great typist mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody ever had to tell me like tyler when are you gonna write a book i don't write books that's not my thing yeah, I'm I not like a that. great like street magician in terms of like sleight of hand, but I do know how to summon the dark spirits and <laughs> they do help me. So wow. it's, you know, it's one of those things that you just figure out a way to push through. Yeah. Some people sell their soul to the dark arts. Some people practice uh, shuffling cards in a cool way. It's, you know, it's p- different paths. You potato, know? potato. Yeah. I got to say, umbrella, umbrella. If I was Lord uh, fighting the good fight as she is, I would feel so nervous knowing that like arcade fire covered a song. Cause like most bands you're like, okay, well yeah, but then, then when I'm, she hears it, she's like, okay, I'm a better singer than her. I don't know. I, well, I, I still thought it was a great cover, but I think it's like when like people cover Beatles songs, like mostly it's not a big deal until like, Joe Cocker does it, and you're like, oh, that was actually a lot <laughs> that was way better, better than the original well, song. You know, I, I, I mean, it's like bands, it's like who they have open for them. Like, yeah. I went to a concert in the heyday of the Civil Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not the yeah. Civil War, uh, the old-timey stuff, but yeah. like the band <laughs> about the 10 band. years ago. <laughs> right. um, and it, it filled the theater, <laughs> right. and we're all excited about it. And they had this little unknown band who literally it was their second show ever called now the lone bellow <laughs> open for them. Yeah. It was Zach Williams and, and, and his bandmates blew everybody away. 
to the point that like I would never follow Zach Williams and Lone Bellow ever. I don't care how great the Civil Wars are. Yeah. I just like you can't have a band like that open for you. You can't have Arcade Fire cover your music. You can't have you know that's you yeah, just don't do that. I just saw John Mark McMillan, who is incredibly talented, is having the brilliance open open for him. Foolish. I would never. I mean, yeah. you're still John Mark McMillan, yeah. and you're amazing. Yeah. But still, you probably don't want to walk out after they finish a rousing rendition of Brother. Right. You don't want to come out yeah. and try to figure out your set at that point. It's yeah. Like, just invite you know, just invite me and Chandler to come out and do a little something for you. John. It's almost like back during the, when we go to Disney World, we go to Night of Joy and we would see the Newsboys, and right. then afterwards you got a lull, so you'd go see Country Bear Jamboree. You can't follow the Newsboys with Country Bear Jamboree. It's Country Bear Jamboree is the best. Country Bear Jam- No, I'm saying the Newsboys <laughs> blow away Country Bear Jamboree, but Ch- Country Bear Jamboree. If you know. hadn't just seen the Newsboys, is great, but you can't do that. You can't. You, yeah, you can't. You get yeah. who you who who you have open for you matters. The Newsboys don't have a jug band though. And the country bird jamboree does. It's yeah, true. a jug that has like three X's for like whatever moonshine is it, and then like <laughs> yeah. you know an old, an old an old you know if, a skinny bear in overalls going, yeah. just blowing into if, the jug for the whole song. Just one note. If there wasn't a country bear jamboree, if there was a country bear jamboree hotel right. that wasn't ha- didn't have like undertones of racism right. as a part of That's it, right. I would totally go. All right, that'll do it for in case you missed it. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. <laughs> You're listening to Francis and the Lights featuring Chance the Rapper. The song is May I Have This Dance. I love this video. I love this remix. If you have not seen this video, well, number one, go watch it. Uh, Chance tweeted it a month or so ago. The last video I watched was Props Video, and before that, it was probably New Kids on the Block. Really? I don't even ever see videos. Oh, oh, oh. Where do people even see videos? YouTube. What do we just search for music videos? Yes. It, it literally, and, and Eddie, I don't know when the last time you've been on YouTube is, they're featured on the front page almost every single day. Like, I, I, music I videos like, are like the most popular, you know, the most popular video of all time on YouTube. It used to be a Gognum style by Psy, but it's currently the Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, Wiz song, Khalifa just took down the which, most watched video of all time. What song? The, oh, the, is it the, that one with that kid that's like kind of like singing? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. it's a tribute song to Paul Walker. And uh, if you're watching the Francis and the Lights Chance the Rapper video, you're going to be like, this is strange. Then you got to watch the Francis and the Lights Bon Iver song with Kanye. Yeah. And then you'll get it. You'll get what's going on between. Say, they're yeah. all connected. It's phenomenal. It's art. It's truly art. It's yeah. fin- I love it. Anyway. And I just realized just randomly, like I was obsessed with it. I listened to this song on repeat, like for a week straight earlier in the summer. And I hadn't played on the podcast yet. So I figured it was about time. Yeah. Hey, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard the killers with the man. Me. I love that the was, killers. Man. That was for Eddie. Yeah, I, I literally said, I said to Eddie, while you weren't on yet, I said, oh, Jesse's going to love this one. We're opening with the killers this week. And them. they're playing Lollapalooza the this year. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I, th- I think we're going to yeah. be busy during that set. <laughs> Here's like, it's dinner time. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go get those schnitzels we've been talking about all year. <laughs> Which, honestly, if I had to choose those schnitzels, 
And the killers, I choose the schnitzels. I've seen the killers. I've I can't experience enough schnitzel in my life. Hey, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? <laughs> All right. Well, I have a, I have a twofer. And I'll make the first one quick. It's um, it, it's a follow up, so I kind of have to do it. You guys may remember a few weeks back where I talked about Nightscope K five, yep. that big nerdy tattletale robot that office buildings are are, yeah. are yeah, buying. A, the security robot. He would yeah. want. He would roll around all night and and like get you. Like I yeah. recorded you. I got you. Get out of here. I almost yeah. sent this as my slice this week to Jesse and thought, no. You know no. what he looked like? You know those? Do um, you remember those Rock'em Sock'em kind of blow up things? When in the '80s, where exactly. like as a kid, you would like hit yeah. it and then it would bounce back up. Yeah, it was like a clown. Or it something was like, like it was always a clown, but it was like uh, egg shaped and yeah, it was it about the, the size of a child. It had the sandbag thing on the yeah, bottom. Yeah, on the bottom, and then you could hit it and it would bounce back. That's, That's what the security robot looks like. And yeah. what what could possibly go wrong, Jesse? Yeah, well, you know, these have already been in a couple incidents because their whole purpose is to drive around buildings and find people that are, you know, walking through the parking lot or doing something completely innocuous and narc on them. They basically <laughs> start sounding alarms, calling the police, videotaping them. Just big tattletales. Just big digital nerdy tattletales. What do you think security guards so, are, man? I mean, that's what that's the whole thing to keep things protected and safe. Yeah, you ruining everybody's fun. A big, a big, three hundred pound computer buzzkill. They've already been in a couple incidences up to now. To an incident this week, which I'll get to. But uh, uh, you know, at one point, a, an intoxicated man who did not appreciate getting yelled at by it. Which right. who, it's you know, it, there's no dignified way to have a robot, you, a big nerd robot, yell at you. I assume. So put, I assume it's a lot it like. I assume it's a lot like that Andy Griffith show episode where G- Gomer. Topical. Did a citizen's arrest on Barney when Barney did an mm-hmm. illegal U-turn, mm-hmm. and Go- Gomer chases him down, yelling in the streets, "Citizens arrest! Citizens arrest!" I assume that's what this robot <laughs> is like as he's rolling and chasing you. Almost yeah. exactly like that. It's and kind so of a you Gomer pile so I have voice. a feeling that even if alcohol it, wasn't involved, he that robot, that big nerd robot, would have still got knocked over because yeah. it's like, dude, just get off my back, robot. <laughs> so that guy got arrested. Then one. Act almost ran over a toddler. He hit the toddler, tripped him up, and then just tried to drive away. That's what the robot did there. So obviously they're they're of very low moral character. Right. But uh, there, and there was an incident this way where one just evidently had enough. This happened in a Washington in front of a Washington D.C. <laughs> office, where one of these drove himself into a fountain and drowned himself. There's a big decorative fountain in front of the building, and literally the robot just drove himself in there. There, There's some really fantastic pictures of the robot just floating I or, saw the or, picture. I saw the picture making its run on the internet, mainly because half of our Twitter feed that wasn't talking about your enunciation of umbrella was sending us this story. I saw the photo of it floating face down in the fountain. I assumed yeah. foul play was involved. You're saying there was no foul play involved? No, I'm saying this was self-inflicted. He just he realized how nerdy and dumb he was and just drove into a fountain. <laughs> oh my goodness! So they, you know they, they're going to try to fix him up, but I mean, obviously they can't be tried. They, they're not. What you know, I'm saying you know is they're, they're unstable. They they stuck him in a massive, world's largest box of rice. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> the, the world's largest Ziploc bag of dry rice. <laughs> I'm sorry. Really, Dry out. Um, okay, so they, so that was a kind of a short slice, but a, a, an update. But I also wanted to address another story that's been going around. It got picked up on a website called the Raw Story, which is a blog that that uh, frequently picks up um, different stories that. Um, 
don't necessarily have flattering things to say uh, everything about from like conservative politics to Christians and to, to different causes. And so I, I don't want to highlight them, but I do feel like the story that they're highlighting in this case has some validity to be discussed in, a, in an intelligent way. So they they recently shared a video that was uh, initially posted on the Answers in Genesis Facebook page. The topic of the video in which two people from Answers in Genesis uh, are, are sitting there addressing a video camera was to dispel rumors about the Flat Earth Society. As you guys may have seen, for some reason, the Flat Earth Society is making a little bit of a comeback after a few NBA players, including Kyrie Irvin, uh, came out to say that they legitimately believe that the Earth is flat and that the there's a global conspiracy to make up the idea of a round earth for various reasons, mainly to control like the education system. There's almost no way to prove that the earth is round, though. What? Yes, you can. I mean, if you stop and think about it, how could we know? Sa- what? <laughs> the rotation of it that satellites record. Okay. Yeah. We saw it on the moon. Fake news. Yeah, yeah. Next. Well, 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 okay. So, You're so thinking that it's like a, basically so the, so the so the flat conspiracists <laughs> think that it's a big pizza, <laughs> that the earth is a big round pizza mm-hmm. in the in there and 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 then but but how do they explain the rotation of that 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 the stationary thing is seeing different they, topography and different I, continents? I, I have actually gone down this rabbit hole, and they have <laughs> models, like interactive models, on their website, the Flat Earth Society website, which you can actually go to. It's not parody, and they and in these models they show like how everything works out, the sun's rotation. All either way, it's r- completely ridiculous. Despite uh, you know B O B the 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 um, the you know I guess you could call him a rapper, but he's he does sort of you know a wow. lot of like lame wow. pop collaborations. He's kind of like the Cheesecake Factory of of pop and rap. Oh, so yeah, awesome. yeah. He's like he's more like the Chili's. You know, that's true. Like Chandler a suburban, definitely like a, flat earth theorists. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Chandler and I have talked about this extensively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Bob is a bit of an advocate for the flat earth society. Anyway, it got right. to the point where the uh, crew from Answers in Genesis decided to address this. And for those of you who don't know, Answers in Genesis is an organization run by Ken Ham that advocates creationism theology. Essentially, that the Earth is only a few thousand years old and was created uh, in a literal seven days, uh, as recounted in Genesis. Everybody. Now, we may have some listeners that uh, you know have maintain that view it's not uh, you know accepted a lot by people in the scientific community but you know it's a literal view of creation now the only thing about answers in genesis they tend to be a bit antagonistic to other uh viewpoints and also think that this issue is a critical issue to establish the credibility of all of the Bible. So this is what their whole ministry is about, proving a literal account of creation. So they decided that the Flat Earth Movement is a threat, and so that the argument that they are using to dispel the Flat Earth, the Flat Earthers is that the Flat Earthers take the Bible too literally. 
because the Bible frequently refers to the four corners of the earth. It also There are also verses where it talks about God holds up the pillars of the earth. Now, flat earthers who also happen to be Christians say that this is biblical proof that God is talking about a literal four corners of the earth and literal pillars that hold it up. But now the answers in Genesis people are what? saying pillars? that is taking the Bible too literal. Here's what they said in the video. We don't believe everything in the Bible is literal. There are many idioms and figures of speech. There is also imagery, particularly in poetic and prophetic passages. But the literalism argument is the exact same ones they make in favor of the young earth earth creationism. So so I'm not trying to attack young earth creationism. Did you see, though, the news this week about young earth creation uh, stats? A study done just this week. I feel a joke coming. I'm not going to interrupt. No, 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 no. Literally news this week about young earth creationism um, that uh, the Times Times did uh, over the weekend. It was like an op-ed where they quoted a, 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 a study that had come out this in May, I think. Where in 2010, 44% of Americans polled believed in the young earth creation as literally described in in Genesis. Mm -hmm. And now only seven years later or so, um, it's 38%. It's going down. And then Mm -hmm. it's not a rise of atheism. It's that Christians are reconciling, like through the work of organizations like BioLogos and stuff, reconciling scientific evidence and fact with the biblical account as well. And that it's a, you know, uh, there's an evolving, no pun intended, uh, version of the creation, uh, belief that, uh, that accounts for the age, the, the scientific age and different evidences that, that science has revealed. And, and, but also can keeping it with the gods of creator and design is basically intelligent design. But, but I thought it was interesting that the young earth creationism thing is dropping so rapidly as some, yeah. you know, kind of as, uh, this generation comes up and, and has access to yeah. more, uh, yeah. information, I guess. Yeah. It, it, and I think that the point that they try to use to prove their position is automatically problematic because it's, you know, their whole view of Genesis is based on a literal interpretation. Yeah. And they're fighting the flat earthers with that argument. That make that's fascinating, man. Yeah, yeah, you, because you can't you can't have you 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 can't cherry pick. It's either all literal or it's not. Either some is poetic and uh, you know or or some or everything is meant to be take taken literally. So this is a I don't want to attack answers in Genesis here, not. but I do think it's a great illustration of having an overly uh, you, you know, closed-minded view yep. of the scripture, but also one that is willing to cherry-pick certain um, interpretations or certain degrees of morality and leave out others. You know, there's there are there's lots of strands of evangelicals who are against certain things, but then you know also say that well, socially we've evolved to the point where it's okay to have not just women speak in church, but women in leadership positions. And that, you know, the the Bible was talking about a certain social time there, but they, you know, will we'll say other things are set in stone. It just is another example of why it's so important to have a nuanced view and an open mind when it comes to scripture, because once you try to make one, an argument for one side, other positions start to fall apart. I'm always curious about, um, like, what if you found out, like a new earth person found out that 
like they were wrong. And I'm not saying they aren't, but I'm saying that they are or are not. But I'm saying like, what if all of a sudden their world was shattered? They realized their theory was wrong. What would it in them fundamentally change about the nature of God? And I, I really am not, that sounds like I'm asking it with like the end in mind, but I'm really curious what it means to them because I take such a like, Oh, well, I mean, if the earth was like new or old, whatever, doesn't change the nature of God. I would say that the view of young earth creationists would be that God created the heavens and the earth and all the creation and nature um, with age. Mm-hmm. Like let's take Adam and Eve, for example, they weren't a single cell organism. They were created with, with age. And so yeah. like, uh, let's say if they were adults or mature right. humans, they would have cellular age. Their bones right. would have shown age. If you were to cut them open, that kind of a thing. Yeah. And so when, when you, you know, drill into the earth and it says that it implies that there's billions of years of evolution or whatever that, that the young earth creationists will go, no, that's just how God made it. But he made it six, 7,000 years ago, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And they would go, yeah, that's fine. You think that it's old. I'm not disagreeing that there's rings and layers to the sedimentation, but uh, that, you know, we just have a different interpretation of how long it took for that to right. be put there. I'm not, I'm saying what if though they found out like in any eternity, they're in heaven. They were wrong. Yeah, yeah. Or some piece of evidence comes and it just shatters them. What would it change? I don't know or, if there's any evidence that would shatter them because they could just go, well, that's just how God made it when he made it 7,000 years ago. Like, I guess I'm trying to just wonder what it matters mm. as much. Cause I, yeah. well, well, I, I, to play devil's advocate, I think their argument is that if, if you can't take, Genesis uh, literally, then you can't take the gospel literally, even though I, I think that's a flawed argument. You know, like if you look at the history of science in terms of like, uh, the, the the people that have been on the forefront of it. You, you go back to like someone like Galileo, who's a co- committed Christian who studied science because it strengthened his faith. When he challenged geocentrism, which mm. is the belief that the that the church authorities held at the time because they believed that it was backed by the Bible. And he said, no, actually, I've been studying it, and and the, the sun doesn't revolve around the Earth. And actually, our solar system operates on a heliocentric model where we are rotating around the sun. He was branded a heretic and pretty much had to go into hiding. Yeah. You know, like there's always been a resistance when scientific evidence that God gave us the tools to observe challenge an interpretation of the Bible. So the question isn't like, are, is our ability to observe creation flawed or is the way that we read scripture flawed? And, you know, I feel like you have to be in one camp or the other or else what happens is something like this with the answers in Genesis video where your argument undermines one of your primary principles. Well, the, the tough thing for, I think as, as you know, you grew up in Christian school, you're taught young earth creation mm-hmm. primarily. Um, and then you get out and become an adult and, and all of a sudden you learn about other scientific views. You know, the tough thing that uh, I observe as you were, as you started this out, Jesse, and you're talking about just like you can't cherry pick arguments for one thing and don't not be open to that being applied to other arguments of, of theology. Um, you know, scientific fact is that in our lifetime, we, can, we have observed 
literal evolution in the Galapagos with, among birds and different things. We've uh, seen, uh, I mean, just to go back a couple hundred years of dog breeding, you know, like certain breeds that are now breeds of dogs. Look at this podcast 10 years ago. It's like exist. a crazy little mess. <laughs> now all of a sudden we got a whole thing in these fancy so, microphones. So all of a sudden you have to go as a Christian, like we have observed in our recorded history evolution happening uh, to say that that has not been happening for thousands of years at the minimum or millions uh, or eons uh, is, is foolish. And so then you have to actually kind of say like, but did God know, did God have a plan for this thing Uh, is what is happening today and the shifts in creation and nature and all that. Is this part of a great design? Is this something that God is still God? He's still Lord of all this or not, you know, fundamentally you have to answer that. And then you kind of then have to hold it fairly loosely. We know in part, we see in part, and there is nothing that science could ever prove that will dissuade me that God is the creator of all things. But I want to understand that I, I believe that God reveals his nature through his creation. And I think that we learn more about God by learning more about the natural sciences. And I, I, unlike a lot of Christians, don't want to put my head in the sand. I want to embrace scientific discovery and, and knowledge and understand more about the complexity of this thing because there, it is very difficult when you look at the cellular map of all of these organisms and how it is so fine-tuned and stuff. It is hard to think that there's not a master design at play. I mean, yeah. like, uh, it just says that's my, my belief and conviction. And so there's nothing that science would reveal that would dissuade me personally. And so why would we want to put our heads in the sand? You know, like that thing of like branding somebody who reveals something, a heretic, you know, why can't we consider that as a possibility and right. walk in humility? That's my thing. I have been on the Flat Earth Society website, the entire conversation. <laughs> um, it, if you Google it, I just clicked on the top link. It's at alaska.net something. So they oh. couldn't even afford their own domain. Oh, no. Uh, it is no joke. No, that's what I'm saying. Like they, 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 they there are people who legitimately believe this. Jesse, the why a flat earth section is robust with resources, but here's the deal. The next section fighting the evidence, quote unquote, fighting the evidence. It is where, um, they are going to, uh, dispel the conspiracies and the coverups. You click on it. This page is currently under construction. Fighting the evidence. Hmm. I'm just saying, the conspiracies are taking them down little by little. I'm, I don't know. This is something's going on with the flat earth society. The, the, well, here's the other thing too, is like, there is still the internet has given rise to a sp- conspiracy theory culture that does threaten to, uh, and, and as much as I am for people having an open mind and look, I love goofing around and reading conspiracy theories. Like it's like a habit that I have. I go down those rabbit holes all the time, right. but I do it for my own, primarily for my own entertainment and amusement. Right. But it does like when you have someone, like I said, like uh, there were Draymond Green, uh, Kyrie Irving, oh, no. Shaq. Shaq ended up walking it back after he got ridiculed. But they, those people were literally advocating for having a flat Earth. Kyrie Irving went to Duke University. He only went for a year. I found but, a much better uh, website: tfes.org, the Flat Earth Society.org. And the very first article is Dr. Shaquille O'Neal joins the flat earth movement yeah. March 20th. And uh, <laughs> there's, no a, there's a, Hey, there's a fascinating what? think piece there about the flat earth, the flat earth's infiltration of the NBA, because there are three people who have gone on record as being flat earthers. Like I said, Shaq walked it back, but Kyrie Urban and Draymond Green, they honestly seem convinced. Wow. The last uh, piece of data actually that that robot accessed was the ISP of the flat earth and it, it got on the website and tossed itself in the lake. <laughs> it, said, it. it said, I can't handle the despair 
disparity between who I think I am and who they think I am. I'm out. <laughs> and he just tossed himself in the water. He thought he was real. Truth yeah. is Shaquille O'Neal disagreed. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you have Tyler? Okay, well, mine isn't quite as theologically charged. I don't think we're all about finding. <laughs> Let's try to make it that way. Let's see what we can. Yeah. <laughs> interesting wrinkles can, of theology. Can here. your can your slice incorporate uh, citizens arrest Gomer Pyle, a, a robot drowning itself because it can't handle the truth? Yeah, <laughs> and Cameron waxing eloquent about why he walks in humility and believes and, everything's okay. And I do have to say, knowing what my slice is, we may just want to keep Tyler's light. Okay. <laughs> I, it's just a little bit a little bit of a preview. Let's uh, keep it out of the theology. I don't know if it could be lighter, so we're in good shape. This will be a little break between Jesse's and, and Eddie's It's slices. like an Oreo sandwich of slices. Just, yeah. just let it. Just let this one. Just let. This is the limoncello between courses. <laughs> You're the fluffy filling. <laughs> limoncello. If you guys, if you guys need to like go to the bathroom, this is a good bathroom break time. I probably don't need anybody else. Listeners, you can go take a break, go get a little snack or something. <laughs> While I talk about guys, World Emoji Day is coming up, and we're getting a brand new batch of emojis. And I was yeah. just going to read you some of the new options we're going to have at our literal fingertips in a matter of weeks. All Are right. you not excited about that? Tyler, but, but what you have to know about Tyler is most of his written communications that isn't per, isn't an, a pro- professional assignment right. Like writing for the magazine is with emojis. Yeah. Like if you I'm text Tyler, he's going to re-communicate with you almost entirely with emojis. I'm a typist. This is what I get at. This is how I communicate. I'm a millennial in 2017. <laughs> of course I need emojis and I'm limited by my current emoji options. So I'm glad that Apple is finally allowing me to talk about more things in my native tongue of emoji. <laughs> <laughs> For example, until, until now, I did not have an easy emoji to talk about breastfeeding mothers with, but now that emoji is going to be right there. I'm going to have it available. Also, Zombies. We're finally getting a zombie emoji. We're getting a Tyrannosaurus Rex emoji. It looks like we might be getting somebody doing some sort of yoga pose, perhaps, emoji. I thought maybe that was already there, but it wasn't. Um, and we're finally getting the mind-blowing emoji. I feel like I set this... Wait, what's, what's the mind-blowing emoji? It is literally emoji. like an A-bomb explosion off yeah. out the top of the emoji's it's head. It's like the top of the head is kind of sliced off, and then they're just an atom bomb. Very graphic. You know what's weird is there's a, there's one of a kid getting hit directly in the eye with a cowbell. It's very specific. <laughs> yeah, there's a, I thought we already had like an emoji of somebody like puking, but there's another mm, one no, that looks like a little more dramatic puke, like violent. Oh, vomiting. it's like a waterfall of puke. It is yeah. like it's like bubbling and like yeah. cascading down it's, your screen. No, because there's like green face, red cheeks, like nauseous, but nauseous. I don't, But this one is like I've this actually just like vomited. Oh, really? You can. See, because I think that one says, oh, I'm sick. Yeah, that yeah. makes me sick. This just says gross. Like, it's yeah. just different. Yeah, yeah. A, I agree. I agree. You can see literal food particles in the, in the no. puke of the one. <laughs> like it, actual sounds like little... a, it sounds like a kindergartner did these. I want a zombie. I want an exploding head. I want really graphic vomit. I want a T-Rex. Yeah. <laughs> there is we have genie his and hers genie options now like coming out of a lamp <laughs> genie that, that genie i was waiting for there's a sandwich um, there's a sandwich mm. um lots of different options for the for the race of your of your elfin princess oh my and goodness. uh but only one zombie color 
uh, a green zombie and uh, a woman in a headscarf. Those are the, all the ones that I'm seeing, but I guess there are a few surprises yet to be unearthed too. I'm always moderately shocked how long it took to have multicultural emojis. Like I still remember that it was like a year ago. We were only white yeah. people. Like we were white or yellow people. And you're like, Oh, well, I mean, I'm glad they continue to divert to diversify. I think that's wonderful. The breastfeeding, the woman with the headscarf, all of that. That's super helpful. It just is still, and I don't mean to be dug down or about it, still shocking that it took this long. No, it was super yeah. weird. It like, and it didn't even occur to people until, until some people were probably be like, I could, I wouldn't mind having an emoji that wasn't white. And Apple was like, Oh Yeah. I guess that wouldn't make sense, wouldn't it? Like, it was a very weird thing that they, like, it was a really weird oversight. But, but what, at what point does it become too overwhelming? Well, at what point do they just seem to start cutting back? The, like, how, I'm not talking with, like, the, the racial diversity, but I'm talking about, like, the rando things, like like a vomiting dude yeah. or a, a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like, I, there's already too many, in my no, opinion. No, no, no. There's, I think that the more emotions and reactions you can do, the better. When I like, I like all that stuff, yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, the thing we need to cut back on is like those gen one ones where there's 12 different types of trains. We need one train. Yeah. There's, you know, like, like if you get in the deep cut, like you go back, you know, in the original symbols and stuff like that and they keep them like to me, if you're going to add 12, take 12 away. And they've yeah. really got to figure out because like the, a regular keyboard with letters and numbers, that's a finite. That's just what it is. So you right. don't have to, but they really need to innovate the organization. It's gotten a little better on some things, how you can kind of type the emoji that you're looking for. Like you if you type fire, oh, a yeah, fire yeah, emoji yeah. will yeah. pop up in the yeah, suggestions and that's good. But I feel like there needs to be a pretty drastic overhaul of how emojis are organized, especially if they're going to keep trying to add them. Anyhow, that's a pretty important point that Eddie's, I just made. Eddie's hot take of the day. Hot right take. I mean, there's two <laughs> iPhone emojis. That's one, right. one that's an iPhone and one with an iPhone with a little arrow next to it. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> really? And, yeah. and there's like, literally, there's two cameras like like snapshot cameras like there's the snapshot camera and then there's a ca- snapshot camera with the flashlight slightly lit and it's just like just to have a snapshot camera i don't need the flash slightly lit clear this out apple clear it yeah, out make way for mess. better ones the iphone's kind of a cocky son of a gun because they have a lot of obsolete tech like the like the camera the vcr tape the timer things that it has rendered obsolete yeah. by its own creation <laughs> they're just rubbing it in when you get into yeah. like literally when you get into the business section you have three different types of piece of paper with a memo on it mm-hmm. you have three Three different types of bar graph showing like generic bar graph. You have two different calendar pages, which both say today's date. You have a CD, six, six different notebooks like like uh, like that. You're just going to like take notes in the notebook. Six different ones. They're different colors. And one says volume one, volume two, volume three, volume four, volume five. Who needs that? Just have a notebook. Yeah, Come exactly. on, man. Clear it out. It is interesting. It's so weird. Question is, when are they going to add the flat Earth emojis? Well, it's the pizza. That's the pizza emoji. I count two dragon emojis. I no, think it was, don't mess with no, that. Don't mess with the dragon ones. But three almost identical mountains. I, I want. I want a young Earth one. I want one that's for the Creation Museum of a dude okay. riding the T Rex. One is a camping tent by itself. One is the exact same camping tent with a little tree next to it. Five different types of boats. Four of which are large boats. <laughs> right. It's not like sailboat no they have yeah. a sailboat they have a canoe and then they have all these variations of large boat right where's the jet ski 
no jet ski. Because the chances are pretty good if I'm texting somebody with something to do with a boat, it's on a jet ski. Do we really need two different types of gondola? Three different types of gondola. <laughs> do we need two different types of tram with the electric thing at the top like they have in uh, San Francisco? Two different types of I'd that. I'd like them to be more location-based because I think if you're in Venice, you definitely need all the gondolas. But if my phone knows that I'm here, get rid of all gondolas, all things that have to do with winter. 11 types of train. Now that makes no sense. No sense. Cameron, there is zero utility to two. But for all the gone. different types of cars that we all regularly use, there's like none. You know, right. like they they just added a motorcycle, but it's a dumb looking like crotch rocket. Mm. What about the cool classic cafe racers? I can't, I don't want to use my crotch rocket emoji when I'm trying to tell people, look, I'm going to ride the bike today. Yeah. We're going to be like, ooh, never mind, dude. Yeah. Well, what's the utility of the two type of gondolas? Like you're in Venice with, you know, a, a group and you're like went on hit gondola ride, you know, and it's like, are they really going to be confused? Like, well, if you would have told if it was the other gondola, we would have known to meet you by that dock over there. Thanks a lot for being uh, careless with your gondola. Emoji. It is the only form of transportation there, though, besides walking. And it is helpful to distinguish between gondola, but I wouldn't expect you to know that. <laughs> uh, I, the one thing you didn't mention, I don't think a big deal. Finally, a bearded face is coming out. Yeah, that's great. The beard, the beard finally made it. Yeah, I guess that's helpful. Yeah, because all I have to choose, I'm not bearded, but the only kind of middle-aged guy emoji is like that guy with the mustache. I mean, like, so if I do a thing of like little Cohen and dad, I have to be, I have to be wearing the terrible mustache. Yeah. That's what, about, what about a clean shaven face? It's like face? the Jimmy Fallon. The, yeah. the summer well, he stash shaved, Jimmy Fallon. He shaved. I don't know. You watched last night. The mustache is gone. Oh, I did not. I thought he looked cool with it. I was getting mm. used to him with it. Summer stash. All right. What do you have, Eddie? So last week on the show, you remember Father Reese came on and we had a great conversation. It was very kind of him to join us. And he did ha happen to mention that like uh, a few times during the show, I've done this little bit called Revelation Revelation, oh, where no. I, oh, I bring a slice or make up some sort of fake Bible stuff that uh, basically proves the end of the world. And I agreed with him that it was fairly offensive. And uh, I have gotten heretical. Some heretical. And I've gotten some pretty rough feedback over the years. Well, for good feedback from Rob Bell, though. He Rob up that one loves time. it. He, um, he liked it. The so, answers in Genesis is not happy. Rachel Held Evans uh, <laughs> dedicated her last book to you. And so I thought yeah. to myself, should Lifeway, I? Lifeway won't even, they've banned you as a customer. That's yeah. the first <laughs> time they've done that. And, uh, and so I spent a little time just really soul searching and thinking, you know, do I, do I want to do another revelation? Because like maybe it is too far. Here we go. You will no. I'm just going to read this as it is because. Revelation, revelation. Oh, no. <laughs> Chad Michael Snavely with. When jingles weren't his strong suit, so he was a great guy. No, he no, went no. down on a high note with that one, though. <laughs> okay. I need silence in the room because this is real, and I'm going to just read it because I don't fully understand it, but it's important for us to know. Radio signals seem to be coming from a small red star about 11 light years from Earth, as, and astronomers aren't exactly sure what's causing them. The signals were first picked up in May by scientists in an observatory in Puerto Rico, and the astronomers there were observing red dwarfs, which 
Cameron, before we have to edit this out, I'll just tell you what those are. They are small, cool stars. Cool meaning cold, mm-hmm. not like awesome uh-huh. and wearing cool glasses like you. Mm-hmm. Cool stars <laughs> that are usually about... <laughs> but but know, Eddie, about- how much better would this story have been as like, hey, they found these the radio signals, but I'm kind of burying the lead here. They're looking at a telescope. <laughs> red dwarves are out there. They, they, they found red dwarves. I'm not talking about the star. Actual red dwarves. Yeah, well, it's a pretty offensive term and we should continue on. Uh, so it could, it's a coming from a star called Ross 128. It's confusing these signals because <laughs> there's no foolproof explanation from the source. Usually these signals can come from like interference close to the earth. Definitely not it's that. It's heaven. It's the angels praising God and we're just getting the sound the sound signals now. They're definitely yeah. coming from deep space. Yeah, they seven. definitely don't know what the sound is. They definitely have you know, not figured this, this out. This proves Mormonism. Where you get to go like lead little planets after you die. That's what I was getting and, to. And one of them, probably a former rock star, is uh, you who, know who happens to be a jamming concert. A He's Mormon red very dwarf. Very cool. Uh, yeah, a, very a, a cool. former dead Mormon rock star is having a jamming concert out there on a red dwarf planet, wearing one of those cool floppy hats, <laughs> hanging out with bony bear. Hey, speaking of Mormon uh, rock stars, Brandon Flowers of the Killers is is a devout Mormon. Did you guys know that? Yes. I'm in the middle of a slice. I'm ready. Yeah, we're, we're, hey Eddie, we're waiting. We're trying to punch this thing up because it's dragging. I've been here the entire time. I mean, I guess all I'm saying is there's signals coming from outer space. They can't prove what it is. It's definitely aliens. So, and play my outro music. Or it's heaven. <laughs> it might be heaven. Why would God be hanging out on a cool red dwarf? All we know He's is new heaven, new earth. They're going to come back one day to earth. Why not? They're hanging out like purgatory over on this red dwarf planet. They're waiting. They're, they're buying their time. They're listening to some music. Yeah. And then so that they found purgatory. I'm going to read what you. Are, what are, okay, these, these signals that they're receiving, what, are, what do they sound like? I mean, come on! You're early, me, early. Can uh, make me read the rest of it? Early Maranatha praise music and, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Hosanna. Uh, stuff from like 11 years ago. A little, a little Darlene check. A little Darlene check music. Uh, just yeah. stuff from about 11 years ago. No. Early Hill song. Yeah. Remember Ancient of Days? Yeah, oh, yeah. Days. yeah. That's a classic. They're hearing that come from the Red Dwarf Planet. Right. Anyhow, putting on the Ritz. They're frequencies, just frequency sounds that are coming, and usually there's only one frequency, but this one there's three, and they're coming in a predictable pattern. Which know. is GCD. It's yeah. a praise chord. Yeah, uh, right. Exactly. Don Claude Van Dam. I don't know if you. Right. I don't know if you've seen Contact, but essentially, what's happening is they're about to figure out that they're sending them a whole. Pu- they're sending us a whole puzzle. Anyhow, and I'll read you Chandler's text exactly as he wrote it. He said the Red Dwarf planet is definitely flat. From Chandler. <laughs> from Chandler Strang. <laughs> if, Anyhow. Here's the thing. If I'm reading the Bible correctly, which I'm 100% confident I am and everyone else is wrong and hellbound, yeah. that red dwarf is flat and it is the surface. It is the lake of fire. So and oh, there, those there signals aren't oh. getting them out. So yeah. what you're hearing is people wailing. And it is very Or cool. you're hearing rock music because that's where all the rockers go. Yeah, but it is yeah, still very cool. will well, yeah. all the rockers, except for the newsboys drummers, they they. But I like to hear the guys. Yeah, those guys Anyhow, are still in coma. That was my the, slice the for you, boys. Father Reese. That'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Tony Hale joins us. <laughs>
to Arcade Fire, uh, which is also a red dwarf planet, uh, the lake of. It's very yeah. cool there. Uh, the song is Electric Blue, which is ironic because they're trying to throw you up since because they're a red dwarf. Can't be. There you go. Frequencies are too suspicious. <laughs> Hey, uh, this week's feature interview is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hey, if you're hiring, do you know where to post jobs to find the best candidates? Nope. Finding great talent can be tough. Thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to more than 100 job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. You can find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes, including Relevant, to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, Relevant Podcast listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Relevant. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Relevant, Eddie. One more time to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Relevant. Well, this past Friday, it was announced that Tony Hale has been nominated for Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series for his role in Veep. Since his breakout role as Buster in Arrested Development, uh, he's become one of TV comedy's most decorated actors, having been nominated for four Emmys, which he won two. And he's been nominated for three Screen Actors Guild Awards and a Critics' Choice Television Award. And he was on the 10-year anniversary cover of Relevant. He is the best. Uh, Don Miller did the interview. It was fascinating. It was awesome. Yeah. We recently spoke with Tony about his career, why he plays the characters he does, and the continued importance his Christian faith plays in his life. Here is Tony Hale. Have you ever been able to talk to any actual politicians about your portrayal of politicians on beat? I have, but we have, you know, heard from other politicians regarding the show and it's very interesting there's a lot of there's a lot people really love it and I think it's because I mean obviously we take it to the extreme but it gives a more behind the scenes look at what might be happening and a lot of people have told us like that stuff is happening like that's what we see behind the scenes that people don't see in the media which is a little scary but um and also what's interesting is we never, you never know which party she's in. So there's fans that are in the Democratic Party and fans of, that are in the Republican Party of the show. But, but anytime you talk to each party, they always think it's about the other party. So the show really just highlights the way that we in politics tend to think the worst of people on the other side of the political line and not really recognize what's happening in our own lives. Oh, totally. However, I, I also kind of take a step back many times and and aside from politics, I love that our show really is about office politics. You know, it's about kind of people positioning them. I mean, in every business, in every corporation, people are positioning themselves for power. They're either they're spinning things to make themselves look good and maybe make someone else look bad so that they can get the job. I mean, everybody, it's always, it's, people are always checking their ego. They're always, you know, how can they get ahead? Um, and so it's, and it's like, who's backstabbing who, who's, who's walking on who, uh, I think it's it's a, I think it really shows a lot of that rather than just kind of in the specific world of politics. So, how do you find the the humanity or the groundedness in some of these characters on Veep and Arrested Development that could be very like so ridiculous that they almost seem inhuman? I think it's every. I think that's what. Uh, Everybody can. Everybody has that. That's the thing. I mean, Gary and Buster are obviously extremes. You take it to the extreme because it's funny. But if you look at the core of it, it's actually quite sad. 
you know, it's 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 these guys who are. I mean, I can only. I mean, like Ted Gary, for example. You know, he has ha- he's had no identity outside of Selena Meyer. I don't know where that comes from, but he gravitates to very powerful people in order to have his own identity and like just and so you know codependently attaching himself to things just to find worth and and love and attention. I mean, everybody can kind of relate to that to an extent, but like you look at the foundation of it, it's quite, it's quite sad, you know? And then you, you take it to the, the nth degree to make it funny, which is, that's the fun part about it. But if, I mean, if you look, even if you look at Arrested Development, it's quite a sad show. You know, it's, it's everybody, no one, there's no relationships there. Everybody's using each other. Everybody's only thinking about themselves. Um, you know, just trying to find some kind of purpose and worth in other things and position and money and all that kind of stuff. Cause they're just making ridiculous choices in order to find that. And in the end, coming up empty. That's what's kind of fun about doing these characters post therapy. You know, you can, <laughs> you can come to a, you can come to a healthy, you know, or strive to be in a healthy place in your personal life, but then you can draw from a, a vault of experience and um, history to to kind of make something real and 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 believable, or just make something believable in the performance. Um, but yeah, I I I I like I I. It's even though it's it's also one of those things that even though I've had pain in my in my past in regards to anxiety and fear and all that kind of stuff it's it's cool to see how it can be used um purpose purposely purposeful if that's the right word it can be it can be used in my work in a in a funny positive way you know i i kind of that's kind of cool to see if that makes sense So I'm aware that you started something called The Haven in New York City for Actors of Faith. Can you tell me just a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. I, my, my friend, um, Kathy Karbowski, and I, we really just kind of started this, this group called The Haven because um, we had met a lot of people whose faith was important to them and who were artists. Um, and maybe, maybe they weren't necessarily doing, quote, Christian or faith-based art. And um, we just really wanted to support each other where they just really support each other and kind of be a support system for each other. Um, we, we get together and just kind of encourage one another and go to each other's events like their performances or whatever. And then we would also do things, we would also do these service projects, probably like four or five a year. You know what, because like we all knew and that this business we're selling ourselves. And if you don't do things actively that get your eyes off of yourself, it's you're gonna it's gonna destroy you. Um, so we would do these things just to kind of actively get together and, and serve. And it was even though on the outside it looked like, oh what what a great thing for them to do that, it was so beneficial to us because it really it not only not only brought us together, but it really was a, a healthy place to be um 
kind of in this business or try at least strive to be in this business to kind of have active ways to get our eyes off ourselves. Has it been hard for you to come to terms with being somebody who, wherever you go, if you go out to get a coffee at Starbucks, you're probably going to be recognized by someone? I think the base of fame is everybody wants to be known. And they look at, they look at fame as the ultimate being known. When in actuality, if you're known by people who love you, that's all the known you need. Because somebody who has tremendous fame, that they're actually in a position possibly um, of what above the opposite of being known. You know, because they have to they isolate themselves because there's not as much trust. Um, and then you look at like the, I mean, you, you take it to the extreme. You look at the mass of the celebrities; they're literally living on a compound, isolated from the world. And that's the opposite. That's the opposite of being known. So it's the opposite of what people think it is, and what people really want. So my, I'm, I say all that because having a support system, having, and obviously I'm not like <laughs> hugely famous, but having people in my life who see me and know me and support me. That's truly being known. That's truly what everybody really wants. It's not the same. What have you personally learned from playing so many different characters who are really defined by their dependence on other people? I think we live in a society that's, and granted, I think people being independent, I think that word is really wonderful, but I think it's been so... Um, over glorified in the sense of like she's independent he's independent they're independent when in actuality no one no one sees the value in like healthy dependence everybody can kind of say codependent is wrong which I also agree that's unhealthy but healthy dependence of where what's wrong with like needing healthy relationships needing other people to speak into our lives needing you know community it's like that's not talked about it's always like oh I can do this myself I'm independent it's like I hear you but what's wrong with kind of healthy dependence and really knowing that we need each other, we need each other to speak into each other's lives. That was Tony Hale. Well, that was Tyler interviewing Tony Hale. Yeah. I think we now need to do a little compare and contrast. Go listen to the new activist podcast. I think, mm-hmm. I think the highlight of both of them is Tony yeah. Hale. Absolutely. I, I think we can leave it that. that yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, stay tuned. Up next. Prime time. The reviews are in. Miramasa. The song is Messy Love. That was my high school nickname. That's not even a real word. Miramasa. Somebody's just jamming on a keyboard. What's the name really? It was M-U-R-A, new word, M-A-S-A. Miramasa. Brave. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's on Red Dwarf 128 too. Ah, Cool. cool. (laughs) Hey, okay, it's time for... (laughs) 
Hey, good job. Good job with the jingle. Hey, I'm really proud Trying of to you. show up that Chad Michael Snavely <laughs> yeah. Revelation Revelation it's jingle. my jingle muscles. It's funny. Here. Nobody mentions the Jeremiah jingles because that they were. Well, he was really good. Oh, no. I know. That's why we never compare them. Yeah, I know. They're yeah. phenomenal. Mm, that's it what was saying. too like, good. Yeah, the no. contrast between the Snavely era and Jeremiah's jingles, it was like, wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jesse, take it away, man. Okay, so, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time perusing Amazon during Prime Day last week, and I came across some really interesting products that had some really great reviews. So, here's how it's going to work. Eddie and Tyler are going to go head-to-head in a competition to see how well they know great deals on Amazon. Here's how it works. I read a portion of an actual Amazon review. You, uh, you will get a multiple-choice multiple selection of products that you think that review applies to, I will then tell you if you got the right answer and and give you a little bit more of the review to put the the question into context. So basically, all you have to do is guess out of a multiple choice selection what product goes with what review. Are you gentlemen ready? And Cameron, can you keep score? Yeah, of course. I'm hey, Tyler, this is Eddie Koffeltz from the Relevant Podcast. <laughs> I keep wondering, Eddie. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to do this. All right. So, so, uh, so there's going to be four rounds. Four rounds. All right, Tyler. Okay, yeah. this is the review. I didn't know how to properly honor Grandma when she passed away. Frame po- photographs seemed too cliche. Keeping her ashes wasn't something she wanted. Wearing her clothing seemed a bit morbid, and naming my firstborn after her was out of the question. Is that the beginning of a review for which of the following products? A large pull and peel st- uh, stick wall decal depicting an elderly lady taking a puff from an inhaler. A custom 3D printed life statue of a loved one. The robot grandma unofficial Roomba accessory or a VHS to hologram conversion kit to make home movies literally come to life. Oh, man. Okay. First of all, I really want to know why it's out of the question to name a kid after the deceased grandmother. (laughs) That does seem like an odd thing to include in the review. That's impossible. Um, I I'm going to say the 3D statue. I I'm going to I think it's just the I think it's the 3D uh, the uh, stick uh, the the stick on wall decal thing. Uh, Eddie, this isn't your question, but I'm curious to hear what your what your guess is. I'm I'm with uh, I'm with Cameron. Well, you guys are correct, and Tyler's wrong. It is a gigantic wall decal oh, no. of an elderly lady taking a puff from the inhaler. Oh. The, the, which I was honestly, when I saw this, <laughs> I was very tempted to buy it because this company sells one other wall sticker I wanted. It was called Asian Businessman, and it's just a, an Asian businessman, oh, no. and it's life-size that sticks on your wall. Uh, the, the, the review continues, so I always grew up loving wall decals and thought, why not make my mother into a tasteful wall decal? This way I can remember her in a sentimental way and my kids can remember not her as a boring old grandma in a photograph, but as a cool, as a hip grandma in a sleek sticker that is on my wall. I really love that it's not some posed picture, but grandma doing something she loved, obtaining oxygen. (laughs) That's incredible. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for a Christmas gift to send my way, that would be it. All right, All right Eddie, here's the next one. Okay. <laughs> I was tired of getting hit on by beautiful women every time I went in public. Then I bought this jacket. Problem solved. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's your, here's your options. A replica Gandalf the Grey goose down outer coat okay. from the Wizards and Myths collection. 
A leather jacket with bedazzled bat wings <laughs> hand-stitched across the shoulders. Oh, boy. The officially licensed Luke Skywalker ceremonial jacket with the Medal of Yavin included. Okay. Or a floor-length black duster with an extended collar made for poppin'. Yikes. Okay, I'm going to just go deep psychology. One and three are pretty similar. Four, okay. you love a good duster joke, so I'm going to yeah. say you made that one up too. <laughs> yeah, so by, by process of elimination, I'm going to go with number two, which is the leather jacket with the bat wings. <laughs> I'll just read the review. I must add this jacket's repellent powers were infinitely multiplied when coupled with the Medal of Yavin. I'm sorry, it was the official license oh, Luke Skywalker oh, ceremony. Wow, I was way wrong, but it's still accurate. That would repel all people. All right, Tyler. So, so we, we you, neither of you have scored out of round zero, one. Zero. All right, Tyler. Another hot game. My, my IQ went up once. <laughs> my IQ <laughs> went up once. I laid my head on this pillow. I understood chaos math and astrophysics. Neil deGrasse Tyson's and I became very best friends and everything. Is it a pillow that shows Albert Einstein fist fighting a shark? A pillow depicting Nicolas Cage as an astronaut standing in front of an American flag, including a fake autograph. A pillow that features a random screenshot of Bill Nye, of the Bill Nye Ken Ham creationist debate, or a pillow that features an extended essay printed on it, making the case that Pluto is still a planet. Wow. Which of those pillows is he talking about? Now, no, before okay. just before before Tyler answers, Tyler, hey, this is Eddie. Before Tyler answers, <laughs> remember that Jesse made up three of these, and that's what's really phenomenal about this game is that most of the entire game is generated from this man's mind. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, each, each one of those pillow designs is better than the one before. Right, it. it's just amazing yeah. to watch. Oh, they're yeah, perfect. It's a, it's would, a beautiful would, mind situation. It really guys. is something to see. I would own them all. I think I'm going to go for the uh, the the defense the defense of Pluto as still being a planet. <laughs> it is a pillow depicting Nicolas Cage as an astronaut standing on no! an American wow. flag. Wow! wow. The review hard. continues. What a patriotic what a patriotic pillow in the time of great uncertainty in our country. Five stars. So yeah, there we go. Absolutely. You guys have yet to get one of these right. Yeah, this is all way too random. Yeah. Like usually with indie band or firework, there's just a sense of maybe there's no way. This is just let's let Jesse be crazy. Okay, okay, okay. Well, let's finish this round. We'll do the lightning round, and hopefully, one of you guys will get one because this is pathetic on both of your parts. (laughs) If a picture, this is from the review. If a picture says a thousand words, then this shower curtain speaks a language understood by all nationalities. Is it a shower curtain fe- featuring an image of a turtleneck Jeff Goldblum holding a very <laughs> solemn orangutan? <laughs> is, it a, <laughs> is it a shower curtain that features an image of a member of the power team ripping a phone book in half? Or a shower curtain of Mr. T riding a pack of wolves in front of a large moon? Oh, it's man. one of those. Oh, man. It's got... I, I don't know, but I can't get past how funny the Jeff Goldblum is. So I'm going to go with that, <laughs> hoping beyond hope that it's true. The review continues. This is hands down the best shower curtain I've ever owned. We don't even use it for the shower. It <laughs> hangs just above our bed so that Jeff may protect us with his wow. loving gaze as we slumber. You I, are correct. I mean, that uh, is an incredible, <laughs> that is an incredible thing. So it's now correct. one nothing. Tyler has one last opportunity to, to tie it. Tie it. Okay. I can tie it up maybe. All right, I'll try. 
Okay, so this is a so baseball Tyler, situation, this is do or die, right? Pretty if he much, doesn't, right? If he doesn't get it, game's over. Okay, you, you okay. this is default. all Tyler. This is all you get for <laughs> this is all you get for the review. <laughs> nice, good, uh, good fit, nice quality. That's the review. Good oh, fit, nice quality. <laughs> is right. it? Is it a T-shirt featuring a muscular Jesus in a tank top that says "Hallowed be thy gains"? Nice. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh wow. I hope that's, that's the real one because if you made that up, that's a problem. <laughs> a T-shirt that features an image of a taco with the phrase "Want a taco about Jesus? Let us pray." Mark to sixteen fifteen. Good, good fit, nice quality. Yeah, I like good it. Good fit, nice quality. <laughs> or finally, a t-shirt that shows several Easter eggs with a cross <laughs> and the phrase, silly rabbit, Easter is for Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> remember, remember, the clue is good fit, nice quality. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with the, their first one. They're the gains. I'm sorry. It's the silly rabbit Easter. That means he made up that that gains one. That is amazing. Okay, Eddie, just do one four for the fun. You've already won the game. Doesn't work. Waste it. Waste of my money. One star. Is it? Is it? Is it instant Irish accent gum? Is it? Is it <laughs> is it gift of flight hover shoes uh, or <laughs> the, the smell vision USB plug-in device that fits almost any flat screen TV oh, doesn't man. work waste of money one star instant, instant Irish accent <laughs> gum yeah absolutely <laughs> The, the the review continues. Doesn't actually change your accent, but the gum is great. <laughs> oh, Eddie, congratulations! So Two much. nothing in a landslide. Oh, oh, man. Man. You got, this down. is like a soccer match. Yeah, you got to know crazy. <laughs> Two nothing landslide. Wow. There you and, go. Again. I know what I'd be. Congratulations, Elbord. You earned it. All right, and that'll do it for our once every four year version of. <laughs> congratulations, Jesse. There you go. Stay tuned up next. Your feedback. <laughs> gives us a lot of names. God gives us other names. Why do we spend so much of our lives listening to the wrong ones? Where can our true identity be found? Filled with captivating personal stories, simple retellings of complex biblical truths, and practical everyday challenges, Hosanna Poetry's debut chapter book, I Have a New Name, is a relatable and inspiring book for anyone who wants to be free of their old names, their old truths, and their old identity and to answer to a new purpose, a new confidence, and a new name. You can read a free chapter, watch a live video, and get your copy at IHaveANewName.com. You're listening to all these 
The song is In Undertow. It's A-O-V-V-A-Y-S. Alves. I get it. All right. Okay, so for your feedback, uh, last week we got talking about rentals, about uh, uh, like rental businesses, and um, it, it came, that's what spawned the whole umbrella thing. Um, it was the guy in China started a company to rent 300,000 umbrellas, <laughs> and within a month they were all completely gone. Uh, people took them. He forgot to put a tracking thing on them or something. Um, yeah. So it got us thinking about other out-of-the-box rental business ideas. You guys sent us your ideas over on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You also posted on the comment section at RelevantMagazine.com. Here's a few of our favorites. <laughs> well, JJ Carlson has a great idea. Rent a diamond. You can rent a diamond ring for attempting to get engaged. The person says yes. Renter can pay off the ring in installments with small interest. They say no. You just send the thing back as soon as possible and you're only out a few bucks. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> Not a bad idea until she asks where you got the ring from. Then you're like, oh, I just rented it. Then it's probably that doesn't you lose the moment a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, if you feel like you're in a high risk engagement situation, that's yeah. actually a, a, it's good. A, a, the, the problem yeah. is when you have a lifelong love and you realize you've been extorted. So that's no good. <laughs> yeah. Todd Hirano said on Twitter, what about a rental company to rent rental companies? Inception. Yeah, <laughs> I'm lost in the cloud right now. I like I like where his head is at there. Kelly on on uh, on Twitter. Her her name is Rita Book eighty eight. I'm assuming she likes books, and she was born in 1988. Uh, she says you should be able to rent tools, set it up like Redbox. Every day they have it, they get charged. I th- I th- think th- I think they actually kind of do that. I think Home Depot and others do rent tools. Oh yeah, so. yeah. I mean, every hey, I got a, I got a newsflash for you. All retail stories have a rental policy. All you <laughs> do is return it. And I <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We do not condone that. Uh, uh, Josh Conrad, rent a pet. Most people have to be away from their pets for hours a day anyway. Why not monetize that time more? It's true. If you're going to work, your your pet's just sitting around all so you're day. Saying, Why not like, rent him share. out at that like, point? Like time sharing. Yeah, I like it. So you yeah. rent your pet out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And that's one like Jordan had a similar idea, uh, a puppy rental, because everyone wants one when they're when they're cute and small. And then you go there. You go. After that, you just rent it. Just rent them away. It's strange. It's basically like leasing nice new cars. You have it while it's nice and new. And as soon as it starts to get a little old, you lease a new car. I mean, it's the same thing. You just say you always have a puppy. All right. Well, there's a lot more feedback. You should uh, go check it out. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right. Well, earlier in the show, uh, we got talking about a number of things. So this week's question of the week is we want to know your earth or origin story, (laughs) your, your earth (laughs) theories about, no, we're not going to open that can of worms specifically how you can possibly, I want to know how you've rectified the, the red dwarf planet music with your heaven, Mormonism and purgatory theologies. It's so cool there. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so cool. cool there. The oh, little planet. Like, oh yeah. So Sing cool. all the or- coffee is like single origin. <laughs> they kind of roll your eye if you ask <laughs> about it. Um, okay. No, this week's question of the week. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. Nobody rides a 10 earlier speed. earlier in the show. We told you about pure flicks uh, oh, yeah. starting or doing or creating the world's first Christian soap opera. So of course this week's question of the week is we need premises for other Christian soap operas. It's like sometimes yes. we find the question of the week and sometimes it finds, it finds us. us. You know yeah, what I mean? One, right? they, was, they wrote this for the relevant right. podcast. I look behind yeah. me. There was one set of footprints in the sand. Yeah, that's you right. understand. Yeah. <laughs> so hit us up on Twitter at relevant podcast, or you can post your in-depth uh, screenplay ideas over on the podcast episode page at relevant magazine.com. 
but, uh, but not too in depth. If it's getting like four paragraphs, no one will ever read no, it. Right, no, yeah. it needs to be like a pitch, like a narrator yeah. would read the pitch. We we'll play dramatic pitch. music and read it. Elevator pitch. The scene is. The year is. Here's the thing. Yeah. And boom, boom, and yeah. all and that's can, happening. And if you on have someone you want blank. to star in it, you can include it, but it's not required. That's no. true. But yeah. we need a name and we need a premise yeah. of your Christian soap opera idea. Yeah. There you go. Mm. Okay. Well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. Many thanks to this week's sponsors for making this episode possible. Remember, you can start your free trial today at squarespace.com. And then when you sign up for Squarespace, enter offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. It's worth it. You'll like it. Also, uh, thanks to ZipRecruiter. Uh, relevant podcast listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free right now by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. Thanks also to our guests for joining us. Uh, you can follow Tony Hale on Twitter at Mr. Tony Hale and make sure to tune in to the Emmys and root for him. Yeah, he's usually yeah. sitting right there in front. He's so sweet. So sweet. Yeah. We should we should do a lot like live live tweeting during the Emmys and oh, tag him nonstop so his phone just keeps vibrating. I will live. <laughs> yeah, he did. Us. You know when 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 we, the the magazine piece in the current issue came out, he tweeted he not he tweeted Tyler directly and said you know great he threatened job him. Thre- he threatened him directly. He you know, tweeted him and then, <laughs> to take this down. I, I said, I will, I will murder you, Tyler. <laughs> I will say it's been interesting, like because we interact with a lot of people and to get interviews, he has been the easiest person that I've ever interacted with. Like he doesn't have people. Maybe he does, but it's just like, you just email him and he emails. They they become become masters of emulating his voice and demeanor. (laughs) So you're actually talking to a whole team of people. I'll I'll take it. It worked for me. Yeah, it's fantastic. (laughs) They did a great job. We love Mr. Tony. Hale. Hey, while you're online, if you like this episode, leave us a review over at iTunes. It helps people uh, find the show and we like it. Uh, We like the feedback. If you don't like the show, just keep it to yourself. Yeah, nobody cares. Get get real. Uh, hey, while you're online, head over to relevantmagazine.com. You can subscribe today. The redesigned Relevant is out now. People like it. Um, and we have a special offer going on uh, to close out the summer. So go take advantage of that. Relevantmagazine.com. Subscribe to the magazine. Uh, and on that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Eddie Koffoltz. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. And I'm Tyler Huckabee. We'll see you next week. for listening to the relevant podcast if you like what you heard be sure to leave us a review on itunes check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com and while you're there browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store make sure to subscribe to relevant magazine info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe Butchering the Queen's English, I'm Jesse Carey.